Blaze Radio Network. And now, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. Okay, you could stop asking what I want for Christmas because I know now what I want for Christmas. Denny's is offering a $5.99 t-shirt that will get you free breakfast every day for a year. That's all I want for Christmas. <laughs> so the diner chain uh, revealed details of its wearable Black Friday promotion. It's a everyday value tee, T-E-E. Then he said the t-shirt comes with a sewn-in QR code that lets you redeem an everyday value slam meal every single day for a year, which comes out to a value of $2,186. The everyday value slam meal includes two eggs, two bacon strips or sausage links, choice of two buttermilk pancakes, one slice of French toast, or a biscuit and gravy. This is what I want for Christmas. So stop asking me. Get me this. Now there's going to only be 150 of these shirts available. They will be available at this particular website link starting at 12 a.m. Eastern on November 24th. The QR codes will be valid through December 31st, 2023 in Denny's locations nationwide for dine-in only. So stop asking me, hey, what do you want for Christmas? No, you don't have to ask anymore. You already know. I want the everyday value tea from Denny's. (laughs) Welcome. Welcome to Chewing the Fat. Okay, so I'm torn. Uh, I want to be happy and say, hey, this is what you get. They said, thank you, move on with your life. But then I'm like, are you kidding me? That's it? So a man uh, found and returned a $4.7 million check to the candy company. Is it Haribo? 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 H-A-R-I-B-O? We've all had their gummies before. Uh, and uh, that's, I guess it's the Haribo, Haribo company. So this man was on a train platform and he saw a check fluttering on the platform. He bent down, pick it up, and he said that the check was made out to Haribo and uh, from a German supermarket. And it was over $4,798,000, right? I mean, it was, the check that he found was worth four million six hundred and thirty one five hundred and thirty eight euros and eighty cents so it was such a large amount he said i couldn't even pronounce it okay well whatever so not knowing what else to do he contacted haribu whose headquarters are in uh Grashoft, germany and he let them know what they found a lawyer from the company got back to him and asked him to destroy the check and send them photographic proof that he had done so he did that Okay, so, you know, that was it, right? So then a few days later, uh, he received a box from Haribu as a thank you for finding and destroying the $4.7 million check. Inside the box was six packs of Haribo gummies. Now, he said, I thought it was a bit cheap. Well, 
you did it without thinking that you were going to get any kind of reward. At least he doesn't say that he was counting on a reward or thinking about it. So he did it out of the goodness of his heart. And so anything that you get is a a strong thank you, right? Well, uh, they said, and then, you know, when Haribu heard about his complaint, they responded, well, since it was a name check, nobody but our company could have redeemed it. It's our standard package that we send as a thank you. Okay. I mean, this is where I'm torn. Because I feel like, you know, maybe you send them two boxes of thank you, you know? Maybe you send him a nice little note with a coupon for, uh, you know, a hundred bags of Haribo that he can redeem at whatever store he wants to redeem at. I don't know. I don't know. But the responses were really funny about uh, <laughs> uh, walking in. One picture was a guy in a bear suit walking into the bank saying, you know, I'm Haribo. Oh, <laughs> uh, One Twitter account. Step one, legally changed name to Haribo Inc. Step two, open bank account, a new name. Step three, deposit check. Change name to Borbala Popov. Move to Russia, attain citizenship. Get deployed to the Ukraine front. Fake death, acquire new identity. <laughs> I mean, that's funny business. But the whole thing around it is kind of strange. It does seem a little cheap. But on the other hand, it was a thank you and they didn't really have to do anything. You did it out of the goodness of your health. Uh, out of the goodness of your heart. I, you know, it just seems like, you know, they could have done a little better than just the standard six packs of gummies. But, you know, how do I know? We didn't have to give you anything. That's what we gave you, so shut up, okay? <laughs> oh, it's just amazing. Did you, oh, Gabby Petito's parents have been awarded three million dollars from brian laundry's estate uh in the first of three lawsuits oh okay now gabby's parents sued brian's estate who knew he had an estate uh so he strangled gabby in wyoming back in august of last year 2021 and they were on a cross-country campaign and they were fighting behind the scenes and had been separated by police for a night, uh, the night before, I think, before Brian strangled her. Uh, he then drove back to his parents' Florida home, spent days there before fleeing, and he eventually killed himself, taking uh, the secrets of his and Gabby's final days with him when he killed himself. So the parents have been awarded $3 million in damages from the estate of the boyfriend, Brian Landry, after suing his parents for how they handled their daughter's disappearance and the death last year. Huh. Okay. So it's the parents fault. Oh, okay. I mean, I guess they, they were sued for malice and wrongful death. Okay. And the case was due to go to trial in December. They also sued the parents separately, that case still remains active. They claimed in that lawsuit that Christopher and Roberta, the mom and dad, not only knew that Brian had murdered Gabby, but they had planned to help him flee the country. An agreement has been reached between them, which brings an end to the case. It's unclear if they even have the $3 million. In a statement, uh, 
by Gabby's parents. No amount of money is sufficient to compensate uh, the Petito family for the loss of their daughter uh, at the hands of Brian Landry. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, he did not have $3 million. It's an arbitrary number. Whatever monies they do receive will help Gabby's family in the, their endeavor with the Gabby Petito Foundation. Okay. So the judge said, uh, you pay him what, uh, what you can. Oh, okay. Uh, no problem. Thanks, your honor. Appreciate it. Take care. We'll pay him what we can. <laughs> Here's 10 bucks. I mean, it's going to not going to be very much now. I don't know if they have to sell everything they own to cover the 3 million. If it's separate, it's just strange to me that we're suing the parents and they have to pay, but I mean, it's a sad thing all around and you know, you're, you owe it now. So good luck. God bless. Remember last week I talked about uh, how Americans are moving to Mexico at the fastest pace on record. And they talk about uh, the permits to temporarily live in the country surging 85% from the year before COVID. And they're saying that, hey, uh, Mexico City is a beautiful place and we're, you know, we're, we want people to move here. Well, uh, I would say, uh, how about no? Uh, This weekend, three bodies of tortured men washed up at two beaches in Acapulco. Now, the two beaches are about a mile apart. Uh, One of the men's bodies was strapped to a cement anchor. The other body was found laying face down in the sand. The third victim washed ashore the next day, uh, and he had been shot. Acapulco police said uh, that uh, we believe they were dumped uh, in the ocean. Er, thank you. Really? Yeah, they washed up on shore uh, from the ocean. Oh, we think they were dumped in the ocean. Uh, oh, okay. So, uh, and beachgoers were walking along the beach going, hey, uh, there's some bodies out there floating in the water. <laughs> the police came and didn't find anything, and then they finally washed up on shore. Thank you. Appreciate it. So, then in this story, and this does not bode well to moving to Mexico, Acapulco has registered 110.5 murders per 110,000 inhabitants through August of 2022, putting it second in the world, second in the world. All right, so you want to move to Mexico, you have the number two area, Acapulco, (laughs) behind the number one city, for murders, Tijuana. Now I'm pretty sure Tijuana is in Mexico as well. So the old Mexican Tourist Association has got some advertising to do, because <laughs> that does not make me want to move to Mexico. Uh, Mexico registered twenty-three thousand three hundred and fifty-one homicides through the first nine months of 2022. Uh, last year, 33,308 people were killed. And in 2020, 34,554 killings were reported, which was less than what was uh, murdered in 2019. It has gone down, though, right? Yeah, it's gone down. Because in 2019, you got 34,690. Then you only have 34,554. Then you have 33,308, 
And then so far, we're going to hit 33,000 this year. You got 23,000 already. I mean, you're going to hit another 10,000 in the next three months? Probably not. So it's going down. So maybe there's your there's your tourist association advertising. <laughs> Move to Mexico. The cafes and culture are beautiful. It's a culinary mecca. And by the way, we have less murders every year in the last four years. So come to Mexico. Man, makes you want to go there, doesn't it? It's amazing. I guess Acapulco isn't the tourist destination it used to be. So maybe they're not giving away the free prizes on the game shows like they used to. For Everybody used to be able to go to beautiful. Oh, I guess that was Puerto Vallarta. <laughs> that was an Acapulco. That was Port- I guess Acapulco was before Puerto Vallarta. So maybe that's... Uh, I don't know what they're giving away on game shows now. Because uh, I haven't watched any in a while. I'm going to have to watch some. Because I love game shows. I do What's the Lie on this show. I'm a game show fan. I love it. So I'm not sure. Maybe we could swing a deal with Acapulco and give away a trip to Acapulco on what's the lie oh that's a good idea alright let's go to the break room I need something uh, cold to drink desperately (sighs) so I guess we had an earthquake here in Texas yesterday Uh, today is the 17th of November 2022 so yesterday was the 16th Obviously, that's how the calendar works. Uh, And I told that we had a 5.3 earthquake yesterday afternoon. I did not feel it. They claim that uh, DFW, you know, the Metroplex that uh, I live and work in, uh, felt it uh, in the afternoon. I did not. Uh, The city is quite a ways away. Where the earthquake happened is in Mentone, Texas. And it's uh, about 350 miles outside of Austin, uh, it's still quite a ways from DFW. And the city that it's in is, uh, I mean, a booming, booming population of 22 people. And so there were no injuries or damages reported. Uh, okay. I, I, really weird. I've felt them here before. The, the one uh, earthquake in, I feel like it was the 2015. We had like small earthquakes in 2015 that ranged from the 1.6 to 3.6 magnitude in the DFW area. I felt one of those. I felt the 3.6. I was in the studios, in fact, the Mercury radio studios and and, uh, uh, television studios. And uh, I was in my office. And you hear this, the walls are starting to shake. And I mean, three, six is pretty strong. It's not, you know, it's not a five, it doubles, it goes up. I know, I got it. But uh, three, six, uh, what happened there? And you do not want to be in the TV, main big TV studios when you're having an earthquake. I mean, those lights and those metal bars that are hanging up above you, two stories up, three stories up, uh, four stories up in the main studio, in the big studio, uh, those come, come tumbling down. You're not surviving. Uh, you're not surviving. You're going to have a light through your skull. Uh, that's not going to happen. I remember feeling that when they claimed there we had uh, an earthquake in 2020 in uh, Orla, Texas, which is a little bit uh, north of Mentone, so that area. Uh, and then a uh, 4.8 
hit Flashing, Texas. I love Flashing, Texas. But that was in 2011, and that's all in the same kind of neck of the woods there. So, I mean, I felt an earthquake. So I felt an earthquake here in Texas. I felt an earthquake in Michigan. I remember living in Michigan, sitting in my apartment, uh, 402 Court Street. And uh, I remember the uh, the lampshade next to the chair I was sitting in started shaking. And I honestly did think that uh, I was uh, possibly uh, inebriated on a drug that I should probably get more of if this, if this was making <laughs> Of things if I was seeing things moving, but it was actually uh, an earthquake. So that was a long time ago. Anyway, I guess we had an earthquake. So if you were, I hope everybody's safe. They claim that uh, there were no injuries or damages immediately reported. So, you know, if you're one of the 22 people in Mentone, uh, I hope you're okay. And anyone that was feeling any of the aftershocks uh, from as far away as DFW, I hope everyone is okay. So I'm still struggling with this one story under the heading of why. I did this story uh, this morning on uh, Mojo Five O with uh, Brad Staggs, and uh, I, uh, I I'm on Thursday mornings on Mojo Five O, and just you know chewing the fat segment. And I did the story, and I I'm still like struggling with why. So 57 year old Donald Gibble Jr. admitted to urinating in the test bottles that were used for testing water from the Ephrata Borough Waste Water Management in Pennsylvania. And so he did this, and then the test results were like, hey, uh, this doesn't look right. (laughs) So the company said, yeah, you know, uh, they were awful unusual. It's almost as if someone tampered with the test bottles because we clean everything out. And, uh, you know, it really shouldn't be urine in the wastewater, especially, I guess, probably that much, right? So uh, Donald Gibble also admitted, I'm sorry, Donald Gibble Jr. also admitted to knowing that urinating in them would drastically change the test results of the water samples. Okay, so he knew he was urinating in the test bottles. He knew it would change the results. Well, duh. And, uh, again, I ask why, what was the point? I mean, he's being charged with criminal mischief, which is, you know, whatever. So he'll get a, a fine, a slap on the hand. I don't know if he'll continue to work for the Ephrata Borough Wastewater Management Company in Pennsylvania. I don't, I mean, if you have an employee that's going around urinating in test bottles, are you, do you want him to continue to work for you? The, the answer probably is no, but I just want to know why. What, what did he just wake up one day and say, you know what? I'm going to pee in the bottles and send them in. <laughs> I don't. I just, I, I just, I, I, well, you know what I'm asking. So we talked yesterday about Elon giving the workers a, uh, an ultimatum the staffers that they had to commit to being hardcore or leave. Uh, The employees have until 5 p.m. Eastern today, the 17th of November, to decide if they want to be a part of the new Twitter, uh, the new Twitter, the new Twitter, whatever whatever Elon's going to call it. (laughs) Uh, Which, you know, of course, according to Elon, long hours at high intensity. Now, you can opt out 
and say, you know what? I don't want to commit to that. Well, then you're going to get three months of severance pay. I mean, that seems fair. Now, he was in court uh, yesterday and said he plans to reduce his time at the company and eventually find a new leader to run the social media giant. Yeah, he's got to burn it down first. He said he expects to find a new leader to run Twitter and reduce how much time he spends managing the social media platform. Uh, SpaceX and Tesla CEO made the remarks. Oh, yeah, well, Elon made the remarks during while well, he was testifying over a 2018 compensation package trial at Tesla. So he's, you know, he's got some lawsuit going on through Tesla. So he's got to, uh, you know, he's got to burn it down first. He also postponed the uh, launch of the uh, paid verification. Uh, that's going to be the end of this month now. Uh, so we have that going for us. They also reported, they claim, that uh, 20% growth in its daily users. Now before, when they were still public, they were saying that they had 237.8 million users uh, in the second quarter on the last report that they gave when they were still public. So, you know, there's your Twitter update. Be sure to follow me at JeffyJFR on Twitter. Jeff Fisher Radio is Facebook and Instagram. It's at JeffyJFR on Getter, I think, too. I never could get on Truth, so I don't even know why I'm talking about it. Uh, you can always uh, follow me on the YouTube channel, Chewing the Fat at uh, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. Uh, if you're not a subscriber to this show and you're listening for free, um, go become a subscriber. Nobody likes a freeloader. I mean, the show is free already. Everybody loves free stuff, but nobody likes a freeloader. You just listening without being a subscriber? No, that won't that won't do. It won't do. I don't care. I just won't do. And remember, when you become a subscriber to Chewing the Fat. One of the main rules is that whenever you're out and about and you have your headphones on, you know, your little earpieces and your, your Raycons and they, uh, somebody says, Hey, what are you listening to? As a subscriber to chewing the fat, you must, it's a law. Uh, you must say chewing the fat with Jeff Fisher. I don't care what you're listening to. You could be listening to anything, obviously. And I want you to listen to multiple things. That's, I, I mean, who doesn't? I, everyone listens to multiple things. I get it. I want you to. But part of the rules of being a subscriber to Chewing the Fat is that you must answer when asked, hey, what are you listening to? Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. Now, we've had subscribers contact us uh, through the email, chewingthefatattheblaze.com, and say that they actually, uh, when someone asked them, what they're listening to or what they're watching uh, on television, their answer is Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. I mean, that's a subscriber going above and beyond the call of duty. I'm not going to ask you to do that. I only, I, I specifically, the law is when someone asks you what you're listening to. But if you want to go out there and when people say, hey, what are you watching? Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. I'm all for that too. Uh, no problem. You can go ahead and do that. (laughs) 
So a pair of worn out Birkenstock sandals that Steve Jobs wore during the time he founded Apple uh, in his garage have been sold at Julian's Auctions. Now, originally, they were hoping to get the brown suede and leather sandals. Uh, they were look, willing to get sixty to 80000 That, <laughs> what are you, out of your mind? Sixty or $80,000 for an old pair of Steve Jobs Birkenstocks? Yeah, because they sold for $218,750. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, Steve's been dead now. He died in 2011, right? So he started Apple in 76 with uh, Steve Wozniak in his garage and while, you know, wearing his sandals. He loved the Birkenstocks. He called uh, Margot Fisher uh, you know, the, the one who brought the brand to the United States. Uh, he was interested where they were from. He wanted to know everything about the sandals. He was interested in the technical side. Now, Jobs' house manager, Mark Sheff, and I need to get me a house manager, acquired the Birkenstocks and other items because Steve didn't keep anything. He would wear it until it wore out, then he would just throw it away and be rid and be done with it. And so he said, we kept some, shared some uh, with the landscapers and friends. <laughs> Hey, you guys out there trimming the edges, here's a pair of Steve's old shoes for you. And you know what? Here's a black shirt and here's some underwear for you. Go ahead. Keep trimming the hedges, though. <laughs> oh, they gave some to friends and brought some to Goodwill as well. <laughs> I love... I always shared some with the landscapers and friends. Okay. Wow, thanks. Appreciate it. I'm out here trimming the hedges and... I got a pair of old Steve Jobs shoes. That's great. So apparently these sandals have made the rounds at several exhibits. And man, I am bummed. I missed the Steve Jobs Birkenstock shoes exhibit. They've been at uh, the Birkenstock headquarters. And they were at Birkenstock's first U.S. store in Soho. All right. So great. Uh, Jobs ex-partner, uh, Kristen Brennan ex-partner spoke about the sandals at some of the exhibits she spoke uh to vogue i mean she's being interviewed about steve's sandals wow so i guess you know what's cool is that they were part of his uniform i get it and so he steve was you know he wore his uh black turtleneck pair of jeans birkenstocks every day that was his uniform that's a good thing i mean i kind of i'm a fan of that uh, I don't necessarily do that, but I, I kind of do. I mean, I'm a fan. Uh, you don't have to think about it. That's what's so good when your kids go to a school that have a uniform uh, is that they don't have to think about what clothes to wear in the morning. It's just that's what you wear. That's your uniform. Just put it on. That's what you're going to school in. And it's kind of like that for people who you know work with uniforms. That's the deal. That's what you wear. You don't have to think about it. So Steve... Uh, didn't want to stand out according to friends. You know, he didn't feel like a businessman when he was wearing his Birkenstocks. So he had the freedom to think creatively. Oh gosh. So the sandals are well used and the footbed retains the imprint of jobs feet. Oh, oh that's great. Now they also, the sale, I mean, 
you don't think you're just going to get the sandals for $218,750, do you? No, you're not going to. That's You're going to get a little bit more than that, okay? You're going to get a hard case for protective storage and transport. <laughs> uh, they also come with an NFT, uh, and that the NFT has a, you know, a digital representation of the sandals, a 360 degree digital representation of the sandals. And the NFT is a unique, uh, and non-interchangeable unit of data stored in the blockchain. So what, I mean, what, there's nothing going to go wrong with the blockchain. You and I both know that. So shut up about it. Okay. So anyway, congratulations. No, they didn't say who bought it. So whoever bought it anonymously didn't want people to know that they spent $218,750 on a pair of worn-out Birkenstock sandals worn by Steve Jobs. But congratulations, and can't wait to see them on display somewhere. Hey, if you want to uh, go to Disney, Walt Disney World, uh, you may want to buy your tickets now because the rates are going up again. Uh, they're going they're going to go up on December 8th. So, I mean, thankfully, the prices are not going to increase until then. Uh, the increase is going to be uh, single-day tickets, multi-day passes, and annual pass renewals. Not sure there's anything else. Uh, the company's flagship resort in Orlando already hiked up the ticket prices in February, but this is the second time uh, this year that we, you know what, uh, we need to raise the prices a little bit. Now, Disney, of course has said that, hey, it's, this is, it's okay. This is driven by continued strong demand and significant investment across the company's theme parks in recent years. Uh-huh. So just be ready to uh, fork over some, uh, some money. Uh, if you, the current price for a one-day, one-park ticket is between $109 and $159, depending on demand. Really weird. And so starting December 8th, that range will now also depend on the park you choose to visit. Three out of the four theme parks will be more expensive to visit. Oh, that's great. Uh, Magic Kingdom and Disney's Hollywood Studios, both seeing more than a 12% increase. <laughs> As of December 8th, one day, one park ticket will be for Disney's Animal Kingdom, $109 to $159. Oh, that did go up. That stayed the same. Disney's Hollywood Studios, uh, $124 to $179. Epcot is $114 to $179. Magic Kingdom is $124 to $189. If you purchase single-day tickets without a park hopper, <laughs> you will need, no longer need to make a park reservation for that day. Oh, that's so special. But reservations are still going to be required for all other ticket types. Now, the Disney notes that the high end of the one-day, one-park ticket applies to only Magic Kingdom for nine days around the week of Christmas to New Year's when crowds are highest. Magic Kingdom is the most visited theme park in the world and the most popular of the four parks at Walt Disney World. So make your reservations and make them now before December 8th so you can get in the <laughs> get in the savings. <laughs> I mean, 
good for them uh, good for them we'll see how long it lasts they're making money on disney plus it's the parks that are really really hurting and losing money but demand is still high don't you kid yourself in the words of a disney spokesperson uh there's continued strong demand and significant investment across the company's theme park in the in the in the recent years so get it get in there get your get your tickets now Hurry up! Go! Go order them now! Alright, in today's Fat Five, the Chewing the Fat Fat Five, five headlines that you need to, you know, just help you get through the day. Headlines that you need to know. Uh, Kevin Spacey charged in the UK with seven new sexual assault allegations. <laughs> I mean, okay. So he's charged again. We have more Kevin Spacey allegations. He's pled not guilty, pleaded, pled, whatever. He said he's not guilty for of these sexual assault previously uh, in the UK, but he's now charged with new sexual assault. That's great. Uh, Jay Leno has undergone surgery uh, on his burns and is expected to make a full recovery after sustaining third-degree burns from the gasoline fire earlier this week at his garage. And Spam has a brand-new holiday flavor. Man, when you think of holidays, you think of Spam. So... I mean, maybe is, is it just me? I guess so. Yeah. Uh, all right. Fine. I guess spam had set out a warning and I don't subscribe to the spam newsletter or email. That's my fault. That's on me. I'm sorry. Uh, I guess they sent out an email that said, uh, it'll have, let's just say it'll have you asking WTF. So it's a limited edition holiday flavor from spam. Okay. All right. It's the figgy pudding flavored spam. Flavor, spice, and everything nice. Figgy pudding flavored spam. Yum, yum, yum. Man, do I want that in my life. Oh, I'm not supposed to have opinions. I'm just giving you the fat five. Five headlines. Uh, today's Chewing the Fat, Fat Five. Federal protections for same-sex marriage are poised to become law. Wait, I thought same-sex marriage is already the law of the land. How much are we, are we having a problem with that? Do we have a problem with that? I know they said we were going to have a problem with that, but do we actually have a problem with that? I don't think so. I mean... All right, sure, whatever. Uh, so it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. All you people that haven't gotten married, same-sex marriages, uh, now you're going to be able to once this law is passed because, man, that's been a, that's been a big issue. That's been a big issue. Seriously, has it been an issue? I, I know this is, I'm in the fat five, but I don't get it. It's no, no one is, how long has it been? I mean, it's been years. I remember when they when it first became a deal and people were rushing to California to get married because they wanted to be first. I got it. 
That was exciting. But, okay, it's been, we're done with it now. Your same-sex marriage, good. Have at it. Just strange times. Uh, headline number five, in the Fat Five, number five today, sperm counts worldwide have plunged. Plunged 62% in under 50 years. That's what the new study says. Sperm counts globally have fallen at an alarming rate. If I could say it, we'd let you know what it is. The sperm counts globally have fallen at an alarming rate, dropping more than 62% between 1973 and 2018, and uh, could lead to a reproductive crisis. Oh, no. I mean, it was just... A couple of days ago, we were celebrating 8 billion people on the planet. So, I mean, I don't know how how you were taught how we got babies and how people were born, you know, but I'm guessing that, you know, there was some serious business going on, and I feel like that those particular people, the sperm counts, were working. <laughs> So, I think we're okay for a little while. I think we're okay. But, I'm just telling you what the study said. Uh, I'm just telling you what the study said. Sperm counts have plunged 62% in over 50 years. And that uh, could, could lead to a reproductive crisis. You want to know who's reproducing? I'll tell you who's reproducing. Minks. Minks are reproducing. There's plenty of minks. <laughs> uh, we had at least 10,000 of these minks are still unaccounted for in Ohio. So apparently there's a mink farm in Ohio and it's got, you know, thousands of minks. The property owner initially estimated that 25,000 to 40,000 minks were released from their cages at Lion Farms. So he said the employees at the farm were able to corral many of the ones that remained on the property, which is less than 15 miles from the Indiana state line. He uh, said he doesn't want to, uh, you know, put any motive on what uh, what's going on here. But if there was, uh, you know, vandalism involved, it's being investigated now. But I will say that uh, someone left spray-painted message of the letters ALF and the phrase, we'll be back. Huh. Uh, that's the Animal Liberation Front. Okay. Now they, they released some of these minks from the farm a few years ago. And so there's thousands of minks on the loose and a bunch. Huh, it's kind of actually kind of sad uh there was a road i don't know i guess i guess people didn't see them but they killed like thousands had to bring in had to bring in a snowplow to clear away the carcasses because there were so many minks on the one highway that's <laughs> uh, not funny i'm not even laughing it's not funny i mean there's the thousands of minks dead on a road and it's all because of those damn animal liberation front people <laughs> that's not what we intended we didn't want to lose the lives of minks we wanted to set them free because we want minks to be free no animals should be kept in cages for humans so we set them free go be free 
and run across that highway and get killed by cars. <laughs> so if you're in the area of Lion Farms in Ohio, right there 15 miles uh, from the Indiana state line, and there's a, you know, a smell in the air uh, that's unusual. It's not quite the usual mink smell in the air. Yeah, it's because there's thousands that were killed on the highway and they're snow plowing them off. So have a nice day. <laughs> Just breathe deep and enjoy the smell. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.